have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And I will be reading you your Miranda rights. You have a right to remain entertained because this week we are reviewing the 1995 action comedy film Bad Boys. Based on the Inner Circle song, I, I assume. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, based on um, every episode of Cops. Uh, they decided to just cram it into a two-hour action comedy, mm, and mm. we got bad boys. So uh, we're doing this because the uh, third movie, making it the Bad Boy trilogy now, is making its way into theaters, Bad Boys for Life. Uh, we decided to look back at the original movie that made this movie, uh, or I should say the Strike One or the first offense that makes it sound like it's a bad movie, but but it wasn't. Right. It was I, a delight. I think we. Sh- I think this is just evidence of me not knowing enough cop lingo. Which, <laughs> evidence, uh, God evidence, it. and we're back. <laughs> Exhibit. So, uh, so the synopsis for Bad Boys is: movie follows uh, two hip detectives protect a witness to a murder while investigating a case of stolen heroin. From the evidence storage room from their police precinct. It stars Martin Lawrence, Will Smith. To give you a little bit of history on this movie. Originally, it was a vehicle for John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. Whoa. uh, For their work on Saturday Night Live. And that working title was Bulletproof Hearts. Um But producer Don Simpson arranged a trip for the actors and him to go to Las Vegas to celebrate their upcoming work. And Carvey was so horrified by the notoriously wild Simpson that he withdrew from the project altogether, uh, sending the film into turnaround and causing the rights to go from Disney to Columbia. Uh, And on um, Instagram, on Will Smith's Instagram, actually, John Lovitz actually agreed to be in The Wedding Singer um, which had him, you know, unavailable for this project. So if it wasn't for those two dropping out of the movie, then Will Smith and Martin Morris would never have been a part of this movie. Wow. And Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, they had both worked previously on Beverly Hills Cop, um, which was originally a vehicle intended for Sylvester Stallone and became a blockbuster starring Eddie Murphy. They got inspired to restart the project with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence as the lead roles, who both at the time were very prominent in their own respective TV shows. Mm -hmm. In fact, before Will Smith was in the project, they were going to have Mike Lowry played by Arsenio Hall. But Michael Bay watched an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and said, get us that guy. Uh, And Martin Lawrence was on his self-titled show, Martin, which is already a very successful comedy. And so you had these very two prominent... um, Actors or TV actors and Martin Lawrence with his stand up comedy background making their action film debut. Martin Lawrence had been doing films, especially in the 80s, more comedy focused. Um, but I mean, this movie is, I would say, equal parts comedy and action. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also Michael Bay's first feature film. Oh. Wow, that's that's a good one right out of the gate. Right? And it made the budget back several times over. With a budget of $19 million, it went on to make $141 
million dollars worldwide. Oh. It spawned a sequel, Bad Boys 2, uh, which also spawned a video game adaptation, Bad Boys colon Miami Takedown, and of course the third film called Bad Boys for Life, which uh, was originally um, planned for a much earlier date and kept on getting pushed back, but it's finally being released in theaters in January of 2020. And additionally, a spinoff series uh, called LA's Finest has also been announced. Oh, I didn't, I so, hadn't heard about that. That's interesting. So they're going to, they're going to branch out. They're going to Fast and Furious Presents. Yeah. This movie came out in 1995 um, and it was the year before Space Jam came out. Uh, which, as you know, if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, that is my uh, fixture of time. Mm-hmm. That's how I measure time, mm-hmm. before or after Space Jam. Uh, so, that being said, I did not see this movie as a kid. Um, I actually didn't see this movie until we were reviewing it for this podcast. I had never seen the first Bad Boys. I actually saw clips of Bad Boys 2, because um, it was just, I felt like it was playing way more, and even in research, more information about Bad Boys 2 was surfacing than the original uh, Bad Boys movie, uh, because I don't think people were expecting it to be as big of a hit uh, as it ended up being, but I was, I love this movie. This movie, uh, upon first watching it, I was I was watching it with my wife, and I was saying, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't see a lot of action comedies spend this much time on the comedy part right uh, yeah. of the movie because it felt like this movie was equal parts action and comedy usually you have kind of what i call the scrubs element of um genre splitting where it is primarily one thing with moments of the other thing so most action movies you have primarily action with comedic moments throughout uh even Die Hard has like some comedic moments throughout the movie but you would still define that as like an action movie um but I feel like what makes bad boys different from a lot of you know any real buddy cop comedy is that they focus equally on action with comedy having their own moments it's not like comedy throughout the action um, it's like, okay, we're having a scene here. Like, we are like, meanwhile, at the Mike Lowry apartment, like, we're watching a, a sketch happening or like a cutaway scene. Right. Especially in 1995. And I, right. it, what it made me think of was uh, Thor Ragnarok, where when that came out, Absolutely. people went, wait a minute, this is a whole different genre. Like, this is equally funny as it is action packed. And this, yes. this reminded me a lot of that, where, it's uh, willing to take the time to serve both those audiences. Um, so, yeah, this was the first time I had seen it as well. And I did not realize how little I actually knew about this franchise. Right. Basically, all I knew was at some point they'll, they're going to play the song. Um, yes. And I knew the cast um, to the extent that I knew it was Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Right. The dynamic between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith was just so fun. Um, and I I just really liked it because they aren't two people who you would think off the top of your head be like, hey, it would be so great to see these two in this movie. Like, uh, like the movie Life, where it's Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy, two classic, iconic uh, comedians in the movie together like that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and you would think to pair them together but then you see them together and 
their mannerisms, their dynamics, they just play it so well off of each other. Like, I just, I was just thoroughly entertained just watching them talk to each other. <laughs> well, I was interested to read that Michael Bay was willing to deviate from the script pretty significantly. Like, he wasn't oh, yeah. overly impressed with the dialogue in the script, so he would have them improvise, and that's when casting is what makes the movie because they also become partial writers of the film. So getting these two together and uh, I mean, whoever figured out that that was the combo, uh, they created the franchise basically. Absolutely. Because also I think it should be noted that at the time outside of SNL, um, I don't think you see as prominently TV actors making a transition to film in such a strong way um, as you do nowadays just because television is so different. And so that was like a big deal for someone to be like, I'm not going to do this TV show anymore. I'm going to go into making these films. And that mm-hmm. was a big transition that like actors made. Like uh, 30 Rock makes several jokes about that. If you want to take someone as an actor and have people not take them seriously anymore, make them a television actor. <laughs> I want to say Alec Baldwin said that or something. <laughs> Uh, but like that was kind of like the mindset uh, about acting, you know, in the 90s. And so uh, that was also interesting because you you saw these people who were seen in one light. It's just like, oh, yeah, they're like television actors, but they're not real actors. The real acting is done by film actors. Which is interesting when you look at some of the original casting, like you were saying, like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he made the, the television switch really early. But like Wesley Snipes being considered and, and Lawrence Fishburne and mm-hmm. uh, Arsenio was television as well. But it was they were looking at mostly film actors. And right. so I think this being Michael Bay's first film, that probably lent itself a lot to wanting to take a chance on other people who were trying to get their foot in the door in the film in much the same way. So I think that's a lot of the charm of the movie is they're all working their hardest because this is a a tremendous break for everyone involved. It was very entertaining. I really loved it. And I could see definitely why this movie was turned into a sequel, like a franchise. But my biggest confusion though was how far apart these movies are from each other Mm. so bad boys 2 came out eight years after uh the first movie yeah because the last one came out 2003 and then this one is so yeah 17 years wow 17 years and uh and they kept on trying to make this i mean this movie has been in development for a while just the approval to like say yes we're actually gonna do a bad boys three that was the other thing it's just like bad boys for life i was expecting like the fan four stick for yeah to be in there but it wasn't i'm like oh because that's right they never made a third this is the third bad this is boys. the third one so yeah it, yeah we thought it was a too fast too furious situation right yeah hopefully if they keep making them this becomes the next um first blood where nobody can tell which one came first absolutely the next one is going to be called um what you gonna do the one after that is gonna be called what you gonna do colon when they come for you and then the one after that is just gonna be called bad the one after that boys and then next one's gonna be bad boys what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you and then it's gonna be really confusing because you're gonna google the other individual Mm -hmm. movies Mm -hmm. but it's gonna be 
just the refrain, <laughs> which is. is yeah that. And then they'll really throw everyone off and just have bad boys colon three strikes, and then everyone assumes <laughs> that was the third movie. But maybe it could be since they have a 17-year gap where they could do a prequel. Absolutely. I think, uh, speaking of titles, um, I love the title for this movie, (laughs) the original pitch for it, which is called Bulletproof Hearts, because there are so many tender moments in this movie. Yeah, that sounds like the novel that this would be based on, you know. (laughs) Based on the novel (laughs) Bulletproof (laughs) Hearts. But that also sounds like a country (laughs) book to me, you know, like... <laughs> you know, like Lonesome Dove, Bulletproof Hearts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. The only thing that would be slightly better than that is Head Cannon. Head Cannon. <laughs> you forgot your boarded pass. Head Cannon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movies based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, so we, we watching this movie is really fun because we we have I I I'll speak for myself. Uh, one of my favorite uh, movie linchpin, Joe Pantoliano, is how I am reading it. Um, I'm so sorry. I know you're a big fan of the podcast. Uh, but he is a cop, and he plays a very good cop. Um, does, or yeah. a bad cop, depending on what movie he's in. Like, he's in, in Memento. Oh. Uh, so blow up my, my head cannon. Go for it. <laughs> Well, my headcanon is that um, he just has a very, uh, he has a family, a family of cops, a cop family, if you will, um, where some are good boys, like Captain Howard, and some are bad boys. (laughs) Wait, who, Joe Pantoliano has a cop family with good boys and bad boys? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Well, just that his family. So basically, I'm just saying that he has a brother um, who also works um, on a different coast. Got Um, it. He works in L.A. um, who's, you know, he reads between the lines of the law. um, And his brother is Teddy from Memento. I see. But here's my my favorite headcanon. Marcus Burnett, his spouse. Mm -hmm. um, You know, she... Is very uh, she, she's played by Teresa Randall, um, and she's very no nonsense. Um, she is someone who does not like it when her husband goes off and just is unaccounted for, like yeah. for a, a, an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And so my head can is that she's probably talking to her sister, who um, is going through a similar thing with her husband, who's just recently retired. He's out all the time. He's trying to play a bunch of sports. Um, and ultimately, he just leaves for a really random period of time. And then next thing she knows, he shows up from an animated spaceship to a baseball field because she has a twin sister who's married to Michael Jordan. She plays my Juanita Jordan in Space Jam. Uh, Headcanon. I, I Bad Boys you. is connected yeah. to Space Jam. <laughs> Well, they they reference Michael Jordan, and everyone wants to be like Mike. He, everyone wants to be like Mike, and you're gonna be retired like him too. They were in production for this movie, and Michael Jordan retired months before the movie was released. Wow. Months, like he was still actively playing, and then he made the comeback a year later. <laughs> I, it's just, it's too, it's too there, it's too there. So, Bad Boys is a part of Space Jam. 
Um, and the reason why they don't get shot until the end is, you know, cartoon logic. They refuse the damage. Uh, no, I, I buy that. I buy that. These are just facts. My headcanon, though, <laughs> it was very close to your Teddy headcanon. Um, but I, I took it one step before that. Uh, and I, you know what? I'm playing a uh, season one of our show card. Okay. And I, I'm going with the Fight Club headcanon. That, oh! <laughs> that they're, you know, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they're actually the same person uh, with split wow. personality. No, it doesn't wow. hold up, but listen to me. Um, I'm here. So they have opposite lives. That's classic mm-hmm. in that kind of formula. Um, kind of have like the playboy on one side and the family man on the other. There's the mix up of who's who. People can't t- keep it straight. And when oh. Tay Leone only wants to talk to you know, Mike Lowry, the only person there is the chief, is, is Joe Pan. And so I think that Joe Pan knows just how good a cop he is, that he's willing to kind of make it work, (laughs) like I'm trying to do now, make it work with uh, the two sides of this cop's personality uh, because he he needs it to work together. So this is really about like merging the identities, and that's ultimately what it's about. I think the basketball scene is very telling um, because he very clearly lays out, this is who you are, accept who it is, like you're playing this person, and he almost completely ignores Will Smith for most of it. Um, wow. It's just directed at, at Martin Lawrence. And so I, uh, I just saw a, a lot there. And so what that would mean then, oh, I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to take it two steps further because the only other person that really goes along with this deception the same way is Chet, uh, the uh, doorman at right. the doorman at Will Smith's place, um, who uh, also I enjoyed him from Becker. If you ever watched Becker, he was he was on that. Oh, but man. Um, his name's Chet, which is clearly a nickname. Uh, but he goes along with it, so. My convoluted headcanon was not only is it Fight Club headcanon for Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, but that Chet and Captain Joe Pan are yeah. uh, also the same person because on the front, on the door of the captain's, uh, I mean, on his like detective door, it says Captain C. Howard. I think the C stands for Chet, even though on the phone he says Conrad. And I don't know if Chet is a nickname for Conrad, but it starts with C and I'm going to take it. But I think all of this blew up in his face. And so he became this renegade cop on another on another coast and had to cover his tracks. But he still is trying to do the right thing by people who need his help. And that's why he became Teddy. And he continues this pattern of just deceiving everyone around him. And ultimately wow. it's his, it's his own destruction. Yeah. Wow. That is, uh, that's impressive. And honestly, Grayson, you had me as soon as you said he would be willing. <laughs> he would be Lawrencing. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. I, I, I absolutely love, I actually love how convoluted it is. It's super convoluted. <laughs> double, it's double fight club twist with a dash of memento. Uh, oh, yeah. I love it. 
I love it 100%. That's great. All right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast or remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I'm 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 going dream team here, okay? Okay. This I, I if we're going to cast based on type, mm-hmm. um as far as we go with um like comedian and um prominently TV actors. Yeah. Um that, that's kind of like the casting pool I'm going to go with. Uh-huh. Um I am going to go with um Lamorne Morris. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with um I'm going to cast him as Marcus. Okay. Um, and then Donald Glover. Oh, Ricky. <laughs> As you, Mike Lowry. You took it again. All of it? Both of it? Matched on both. Yeah, we for, have a match. For the same roles. Wow. Wow. That yeah. is awesome. Wow. Oh, man. I mean, it, it, yes. Uh, that's got to be a sign that that is I, what is being called for. I mean, it just needs to happen. I mean, the rap career, <laughs> yeah. the TV career, playing I mean, police officers, play. I it just, oh, oh, that's so. I mean, I re, I would love to see that, like, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe maybe they maybe the spinoff becomes that. I I just think that they would just be so great together. Yeah, I I agree though on that casting, Donald Glover and Lamorne Morris would have that same kind of improvisational energy. Man, I'm so glad. It settled them. Do you have any other recasting? No, because we had the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. The movie um, was made into a video game, and actually, I want to say I bought the video game. Um, And it was more or less like an open world, um, kind of not as expansive Grand Theft Auto kind of world. But... You know, I was just like, I love Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, and I've never seen the first movie, but they're in this sequel. I'll buy the game. Didn't even see the sequel. Oh, that's just a like, good yeah, marketing team. Yeah, right. It it worked for me. Um, but I think that that would be a really good um, new game. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I love open world games. Um, just you know, Grand Theft Auto. Just make it this game. But what I would love is if they did. They grounded it in bad boys, but Mm -hmm. the expansion packs make it so that you can team up with any other like Miami based movie (laughs) like that has to deal with like too fast, too furious. Exactly. So you have like a too fast, too furious expansion pack where Will Smith is partnering up with this one random storyline that has to deal with like this story and so i think that all these different movie expansions should be built out of the uh bad boys uh video game open world uh concept i love that i love that i i would tweak the concept a little bit to where it's a vr game that has the bad boys soundtrack but you play as a cameraman on cops (laughs) and you get graded by how much action you're able to capture while jumping a fence I love that. (laughs) I love like your meter gets red if you like trailing too far behind. It's like, like, I got the frame. Check the frame. (laughs) Okay, now we're going to go to the part of the show where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the first, the original Bad Boys movie? I mean, not to be confused with the much older 
movie that has to it's also called bad boys but i'm mm-hmm. talking about the will smith and martin lawrence one. Oh, i see i <laughs> recommend this movie because it really is for that genre merging uh, right. it's one of the best examples i've seen in a long time of really respecting the comedy and ramping up the action at the same time it's like a police drama merged with a family sitcom like it it's really yeah. well done um it's a great combo the cast really drives this home because the plot is a plot that we've seen in so many different packages in film. And and so what really makes this special is the characters and, and the life that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they breathe life into these characters. And uh, it's the reason the franchise has been so successful. And what I really appreciate about, about this duo is that they share the comic relief Yes, uh, they are able to go dramatic to serious and they pull equal weight there and it just comedically frees you up to do so many things. You don't have to say like, oh, we got to bring in this character so we can have a right. funny moment. Yep. They can both play the comedy and that is so rare. I think that's what makes this this buddy comedy different than a lot of other uh, like po- specifically police buddy comedies is yeah. where you'll get the grizzled, really serious one playing kind of the, the, the straight man, like men in black. Yeah. You got the Tommy Lee Jones who is funny in his own right, but he's playing the straight man in a lot of this. And then you would bring in Will Smith for like the punchlines and comic relief. It, it's coming from, from both of them in, in bad boys. And that was really refreshing and really fun to see. So for that reason, for the cast, for what they do with just the comedy and the action bound together, I recommend Bad Boys. And I definitely want to see you know, the later films now because I'm I'm a fan. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, Bad Boys, I mean, it. it's like, you know how when you're watching a buddy cop movie and you see like the family become part of the story, usually in a hostage situation, um, just like, well, I, now I have your family. It's like, oh, no, now the mm-hmm. stakes are high. Um, you just see like their lives and their interactions with each other when they're on the clock and when they're off the clock. And I thought that that was such a fun look. Like the B yeah. storyline is just their regular life. It's like Martin Lawrence trying to spend more time with his wife and his job gets in the way of that. And then um, Will Smith's character has to kind of fill in and that there's comedy there because it's kind of like, you know, odd couple but with the cops, um, the I don't cop know I said couple. the cops. <laughs> it's the cop couple. What I appreciate it too is you're seeing the family and them right. as as a uh, as partners. You're really um, you you know what they can lose in this situation, right. and the whole thing is very personal. Like the fact that this is uh, the fallout from a bust that they did, um, right. that they are lifelong friends they mm-hmm. we start with them liking each other i feel like a lesser series would have been like you're assigned to each other yeah get get to know each other get used to it like we've, that's just played out they started the story late enough in the relationship uh that it almost feels like a sequel unto itself kind of like right. the way that uh raiders of the lost ark and a new hope approach story where they're like yes we have history um but we're gonna wait 30 years to show you that uh (laughs) (laughs) because it's not necessarily important to this story um you can feel their history there and we're able to to get going uh 
much more quickly. So I, I just appreciated that as well. Well, there's one point in time in the like third act where I'm like, oh, no, they're going to have, you know, that classic moment of like, well, you're not my partner anymore. You're not my friend anymore. And that's something that I was just expecting to happen between their dynamics. But the fact that their friendship was just so solid Mm -hmm. that they could make it through um, all these different like, you know, even with them bickering with each other, like they they were still there for each other. Um, yeah. and I thought that that was a really, like, it's a very subtle, but very, uh, strong choice. So I'd recommend it because like Grayson said, this is equal parts comedy and action. Uh, this movie was, um, unique to its time and it still holds up and, um, it's a good time. You know, I had read once that Michael Bay made a statement that if he can avoid it, he tries to not have a shot longer than three seconds in his films. And I, wow. I kind of wonder if that helps with this genre, with both genres, really, that it keeps it really punchy. It keeps it really exciting. Uh, the concept of that feels exhausting to me. But yeah, uh, I think half a vine. <laughs> yeah, we right. call it the. But I was looking for it. And yeah, most of these shots, like it's it's three seconds or less. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it, it kept it snappy and it kept it moving forward and it really worked. I hope that in Bad Boys for Life, he tops himself and i don't see a, a shot longer than 1.5 seconds yeah it's gonna be a flip book this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i guess it's is what film is <laughs> <laughs> and that is our review of the 1995 movie bad boys let us know what you remember about bad boys on facebook twitter and instagram we are at flashback flicks and it would mean so much to us like it would mean more than the the biggest heist ever pulled off uh, if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice, wherever you're listening to this, give mm-hmm. us a rating on a scale of one to five bad boys. Yeah. So one bad boy is a bad boy. That's a bad boy. Yeah. Two, you have bad boys. Mm. And then three, you have bad boys, bad boys. Four or more would be bad boys, bad boys, whatcha. So if it, a, a five-star rating would be a bad boys, bad boys, whatcha, which is the highest rating. But if you want to finish a sentence... Um, you can leave two reviews, uh, which would make it a seven-star rating or a five-star rating and a two-star rating. Either way, I've done too much math. Five is good, probably. And I thought the Michael Bay three-second shot rule was exhausting. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can, I'm hearing it now where people are like, I was going to give it five stars, but after that... <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. All right. Next week on the podcast, I I think we should do something a little different. A little different? Do something a little different? Yeah, just do, do something a little different. Oh, I mean, I could, you know, doctor the recordings to make it sound different. Oh, you know what? Let's do that. Do a little doctoring? Yes, Grayson, please. Just doctor something a little do little. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we're reviewing the 1998 movie, Dr. Doolittle, starring Eddie Murphy. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) 